As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. You're listening to Here's the Catch with David Lombardi, Matt Barrows, and Dennis Brown on the Athletic Podcast Network. Titans 20, 49ers 17. Field goal in the final seconds pushes Tennessee past San Francisco. And boy, I have to say that was ugly because we have to give this context, guys. This is a Tennessee team the 49ers should have beaten. This was not full strength Tennessee. They're missing three key offensive linemen. It was key. It was you know very apparent at several key junctures in this game that Tennessee was overwhelmed up front, but the 49ers still managed to blow it at several key junctures in this game. First, with Jimmy Garoppolo throwing two interceptions that really shot the 49ers in the foot, and then with the defense just in an epically bad third down performance. I mean, guys, the, the analytics of this game on first and second down. T- the Titans were borderline inept and, and it really, you know, played along how we predicted it would play along because they were so overmatched up front with those injuries. But on third down, Ryan Tannehill and the Titans and, and AJ Brown, their receiver who just came off of IR today, uh, they turned into supermen. It, it was crazy. I've never seen a bigger gap between first and second down and then third down where the Titans just took over. And uh, the 49ers right now, they're on the plane home to the Bay Area. They just must be feeling sick after losing that game. Matt, wasn't that a weird game, Matt, how the 49ers were just either really high or really low and there was really nothing in between with the lows just derailing them? Yeah, and really high, really low, you know, started out really fast, ended ended it really fast on offense. And uh, in between, there was a lot of, of bad, a lot of mistakes. And, and the word that keeps popping up in my mind is squandered. Um, how many points did, did Jimmy Garoppolo squander out there? Uh, you know, the, the, the pick in the end zone, the, the misfire to Kyle Juszczyk, that was a, an easy, that was a walk-in touchdown for him. He was so wide open. And then um, the, the pick in the third quarter that the, the, the Titans converted into a touchdown, and all of a sudden the game's tied up, and it should never have been. And, and I think... You know, we're getting back to the bottom line of what really frustrates Kyle Shanahan about Jimmy Garoppolo. And he's never admitted to this. <laughs> he might not ever, but, 
you know, Shanahan is the play caller. He was rolling early on, Dennis. I mean, aggressive. Everything was hitting. Shanahan knows full well the number of plays, the, the amount of yards, the number of points that are being wasted out there by, by Jimmy Garoppolo. And who knows? I mean, it, it could be that the grass is greener on the other side of the fence syndrome. And uh, he may struggle w- when Trey Lance takes over as well. But I think that's that's the root of the frustration, that there's so much left out there that Shanahan is so well aware of. And it must frustrate him to no end. Missed opportunities. You asked how many points uh, Jimmy Garoppolo kind of gave up. You know, I, I think it's at least 17 points. Yeah. And, you know, he threw interceptions at bad parts of the uh, of the field and bad parts of the game. You know, that going in for a touchdown, he throws, he kind of forces it in. George Kittle is is, is covered, I think, by, by three defenders. Uh, and then uh, the one, I think it was a third quarter when he threw it, kind of backed up in the end zone and put the put the defense kind of stressed out there. Uh, and then the interception over the – I mean, it, it's – you know, the, Jimmy's always got those scratch-your-head interceptions, but seems like tonight he threw him at the bad time of, of the football game. And this was really two halves. I mean, the first half, the 49ers dominated the Titans. I mean, I think the Titans had 55 yards uh, in the first half. And they just – you know, up front, they shut down the run. And what you want to do as a defense, you want to make a team more one-dimensional, make a team one-dimensional – uh, and then you attack them on the back end, and that didn't happen. And the 49ers really need to address uh, cornerbacks because I guarantee you up in the box, Tennessee coaches saw something with that defense, the coverage, how loose it was, and they went into the locker room, they made the adjustment, and they said, we're, we're going to attack this rookie, and we're going to attack Josh Morgan because they are playing very soft. And that's what happened. It became... It became the A.J. Brown uh, uh, second half, right? I mean, he took over the football game. And it was, um, you know, it it was tough to watch. It was tough to watch because the 49ers, you know, it should have been up by more more than 10 points at halftime. It reminded me of the Seattle game. You let the team just kind of stick around. Uh, and then it becomes too late uh, in the fourth quarter to win the football game. So it was a tough watch. Yeah, the 49ers outgained Tennessee 132-12 to in the first quarter and then 191-55 to in the first half, yet they only led 10-0. Uh, as far as Jimmy Garoppolo goes, it was interesting because in his postgame press conference, both he and George Kittle defended the decision to throw to Kittle in the end zone on that second down. And you, I, to me, you just have to look at game situation. The 49ers were rolling. Garoppolo had yet to throw an incompletion at that point. He completed his first eight passes of the game for like 103 yards. Um, but with the offense moving like a hot knife through butter, I don't think it's time to take take a chance like that. Uh, the the point that Garoppolo and Kittle made was that they thought he was in single coverage and they just thought that they uh, quarterback and receiver weren't on the same page, so Kittle's cut or break didn't exactly match where Garoppolo threw it and Jackrabbit Jenkins was able, you know, he's a 10-year vet. It used to be named Janoris Jenkins. They call him Jackrabbit now, but 10-year vet was able to capitalize on the 49ers, uh, you know, lack of cohesion on the play. But, uh, you know, I'm just zooming out here and I'm thinking, wait, wait, you're trying to fit that ball into that tight of a window where the cohesion has to be perfect when you're rolling at that level where literally only an interception can can derail you. And and I think if you score a touchdown there, if you're the 49ers, there's no way you lose this game. 
I mean, that's how that's how beaten up Tennessee was up front. I mean, they needed breaks from the 49ers to, to fuel them, right? And then, so Garoppolo gave him that, and then he gave him another break when he missed use check on what should have been a touchdown, and then uh, obviously the first throw of the second half sets Tennessee up with an 18-yard field. I mean, Tennessee was only coming back in this game if they had that kind of short field, in in, in my opinion. So it wasn't good, but but you also got the duality of Jimmy Garoppolo, right? The inconsistency. I mean, he, the first drive, he, he's... Uh, he's throwing outside the numbers, inside the numbers, hitting Debo Samuel in stride. And then the final drive, the 95-yarder to tie it, I mean, it, it almost makes you want to pull your hair out, right, if you watch the 49ers because he he, he throws – these passes that are so bad, especially given game situation with the interceptions, but then he turns around and leads this masterful drive to to tie the game, right? So you have both of those things in one game, which is why I think it's just so hard to to, to make sense of all this. And, and it's really a microcosm of the 49ers season when you leave the game and, and, and you move on to, to week 17. Well, yeah, I thought uh, Greg Olson did a nice job on the broadcast of explaining what he thought was going on with that, that Kittle interception um, that the route um, you know Kittle was trying to sell Jenkins that he was going to go to the deep corner the the back corner of the end zone and then come back uh, you know towards the middle and Jenkins as you noted being the, the veteran that he is just didn't bite uh, but yeah you're right I mean it is single coverage but it's good single coverage and uh, you need to throw the ball away and and boy it, it struck me after that and, and after the, the interception uh, to a well-covered Debo Samuel, that uh, Garoppolo never throws the ball away. You never see the ball sail out of bounds or you never see him just kind of scuff one into, into the ground. Um, he's usually takes the risk on that. And, um, boy, there were a couple of times where he needed to do that in this game, Th- those two. And then there was a, a bad sack that he took in the, in the second half. I think it was the fourth quarter. Um, really nice protection from the offensive line. Obviously, nobody open. Let it go. Uh, live to fight another day instead of taking, uh, I don't know what it was, a 10-yard loss or, or, or how, however many yards he lost. Um, I don't know whether he's coached to do that by Shanahan. Again, Mr. Aggressive. Uh, but, uh, boy, uh, I mean, you don't have those three plays and you win this game handily, I think. Uh, I think the defense was good enough to, to do that. 20 points wins you a game most of the time. And those 20 points came, um, one of them, or at least uh, seven of them, came on, on a very short field after a Garoppolo pick. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is just, he's kind of a, a risk taker. And I think that's what a lot of his interceptions are because he's throwing the ball up. He's hoping his, his, his guy, his receiver, is going to make a play on the ball and he and he you know every we'll see him you know throw those tough passes into double coverages and he puts it in the right spot but he's just not he's not consistent with it but I think he by nature I think he's just kind of a gunslinger a little bit and my question is does Kyle Shanahan still trust him I mean that that was the big issue and I think that was why the team went out and got a Trey Lance because I don't know if Kyle Shanahan really trusts Jim, Jimmy Garoppolo. I think at one point in the football game, um, you know, there was there was an opportunity uh, to get the ball back. I, I think it was at the end of the third or the end of the second. And Kyle Shanahan said he didn't want to risk a turnover. So to me, it just kind of sounds like maybe he's, he, he knows what Jimmy's going to do and what he's capable of doing. And he just maybe at this point, 
he may not just not even trust Jimmy Garoppolo. But, you know, Jimmy's played well up until this game. This this was probably his worst game as a 49er. Um, but moving forward, it's going to be interesting to see kind of how, how Kyle Shanahan or does he just keep the same game plan and just, you know, you, you, you live with Jimmy Garoppolo and you die with Jimmy Garoppolo. So it's going to be interesting to see moving forward kind of what happens. Yeah, well, Shanahan even this week has emphasized that the offense as it's constructed, especially with Jimmy Garoppolo throwing and that quick release and his ability to kind of carve up that middle of the field when he's on, it's it's reliant on a lot of tight window throws. So Shanahan, before this game, I don't know what his tone is going to be after this game, but before this game, he almost you know seemed to preemptively excuse some Garoppolo interceptions by, by saying, hey, yeah, when, when he's trying to force that ball and into those tight windows that that's part of the risk reward and yeah of course he needs to manage the risk but we like the reward and in general because Garoppolo had been efficient over what the past seven weeks the the good plays the fits into the tight windows were outweighing the bad plays but it seems that the interceptions and the and the bad decisions and the mistakes seem to always come clumped together in games, right? Which is too bad for the 49ers because you look at the Seattle game, he threw two of them there, right? And you look at this Tennessee game, he threw two picks here. If you just spread those picks out, right? If there was, if he had thrown one against Atlanta and, and one against Tennessee, well, the 49ers probably still beat Atlanta and they, they, they probably also beat Tennessee, right? I think the Titans needed every bit of what Jimmy Garoppolo gave him in this game. But the problem is that they're clustered. So it turns him into a decidedly inconsistent quarterback where you can get three or four good weeks and then all of a sudden you, you hit the bad game. Now, we, we need to be realistic and you know acknowledge that, that that's been the case you know around a lot of the league. Matt Stafford threw two interceptions and a loss to these very same Titans. And I thought it was interesting because we talked about the potential problem that Garoppolo would have with the safeties for the Titans. And I know it's Jackrabbit Jenkins, a cornerback on the first pick, but the second one, um, you know, I think Garoppolo thought that Debo Samuel might be a little bit more open than he actually was. And, and Amani Hooker, who is one of the two really good safeties for this Tennessee team, along with Kevin Byard, um, was just kind of floating there in center field, and he was ready for that high throw. You know, Garoppolo tried to get it over the linebacker, sailed it, and, and he's ready to pounce. So uh, my main point is he had to give the Titans some credit because exactly the challenges that we thought they'd present the 49ers offense were actually there. And they executed them. They picked off Garoppolo. They made two plays. And the 49ers on the other end, Matt, did not make any plays uh, in those key spots defensively. In fact, it was just the opposite. Third down after third down after third down. And it was third and long after third and long. Tennessee converted. And the Titans also doubled up George Kittle going into the game. Obviously, Kittle was having some huge, huge outings. And I think I, I added it up. And it was uh, 33 targets over the last three games, Garoppolo, to, to George Kittle. And, uh, and obviously, most of those were connections. I think it was six of six, actually, against the Falcons. So the Titans knew that that was Garoppolo's favorite target, and they doubled him up. And uh, there was really great coverage on on the interception. And, and I really think that that staggered Garoppolo a bit. I mean, that interception, it was like a switch was flipped. He was so hot to begin the game, but the ninth throw was a pick. And after that, he was just off. After that came the you know a near pick uh, over the middle to Debo Samuel the the use check misfire etc. So uh, I don't know how much you know double covering Kittle did, but obviously the Titans were doing things to to flummox 
Jimmy Garoppolo, and it worked. And, and I think that's what you know. What Shanahan's frustration is certainly the fans' frustration is. Um, uh, the 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 Titans moved their chess pieces around. Why couldn't Garoppolo, who's now in year four of this offense, he's been in the league since 2014, um, he needs to be able to make the uh, necessary adjustment himself. And um, uh, I, I, I suppose he did that towards the end there. But again, the game never should have been that close. I mean, the 49ers, Dennis, were close to like blowing this opponent out of its own stadium to begin this game. The, the Titans fans were booing their team. Um, they couldn't get anything going on offense. The defense was hemorrhaging yards. Uh, and the 49ers just didn't step on their throat. And I think, again, I keep going back to this, I think that's what bothers Shanahan, a guy who loves to step on throats the most, is that he doesn't have the quarterback that has that killer instinct yet. Uh, and that's what he's searching for. And does he have it with Trey Lance? I mean, well, we, we don't, don't know. Yeah, yeah we, we don't know. But I know this week in practice, there was something about, you know, Trey's looking great in practice. And he was he, he's doing to the uh, number one D uh, what Patrick Mahomes did when he was, you know, taking his year to learn under under Alex Smith. So does he have that quarterback now? Because he certainly doesn't have in Jimmy Garoppolo. And, you know, we saw tonight, you know, how just how important, you know, taking your defense on the road and, you know, momentum change. A momentum's huge in football. Uh, the crowd, you were saying the crowd was booing their home team. Uh, but in, in, in the second half, they were cheering because the 49ers defense could not get off the field. I can remember a third and 23 uh, and then, you know, getting getting the first down. I mean, it, it was just, it was almost comical watching in the second half as this defense would play two good downs, and usually for the for the for the 49ers defense, the third and long is what, what what you want. You got Nick Bosa coming off, you got Garrett Eric Armstead coming and down the inside, up the inside. They couldn't get off the football field. And that's got and that's what frustrated me watching this football game. You know, not just eating up clock time, but just wearing out this defense. And, you know, it's important. Third and long, third and, and multiple. I mean, you have to get home. You have to cover, but you got to get to the to the quarterback. Uh, and and Tannehill just, you know, he, he he looked like again the 49ers defense makes an average quarterback look very good, and they did it in the second half. Well, uh, this was the game plan for the Tennessee Titans. They ran max protect, especially on third downs. They they kept tight ends in to block to make sure that they neutralized the 49ers pass rush because uh, they were missing their starting left tackle, tackle Taylor Luan. They were missing their st- starting left guard, Roger Saffold. And they were missing their swing tackle in this game. So this was going to be bad because Tennessee's offensive line uh, wasn't a good pass protecting offensive line to begin with, even with all its guys healthy. So uh, they saw the carnage on first and second downs. They saw the 49ers hit Tannehill nine times in this game. They sacked him three times. They had nine tackles for loss. And they said, well, fine, we'll, we'll make the 49ers secondary beat us. They, they adjusted and said, we're not going to let the pass rush beat us. We're going to make the secondary beat us. And they held back a lot of help to make sure that Tannehill would have enough time to throw. Now, the thing is, when you hold back help, you have fewer eligibles running downfield. So theoretically, it should be easier for the secondary to cover. But the 49ers secondary failed miserably. And in the second half, Tennessee converted third downs with two-go distances of 15 yards, 7 yards, 10 yards twice, 
and 23 yards, as Dennis said. And that 23-yarder is the one that really upset Kyle Shanahan because Arden Key jumped off sides on third and 23. It's like, are you kidding me? Third and 23, you jumped off sides, especially when they're running max protect. And uh, Shanahan said that was inexcusable because Tannehill saw the opportunity for what it was, lobbed one up to A.J. Brown, and he was working against Ambry Thomas. And I thought Ambry had actually a – more or less decent game outside of that that play, but that one went for forty plus, and 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 Tennessee was off to the races after that. So, um, you know, all this stuff added up. The 49ers couldn't get off the field on third down, even though they're good on first and second. Weird dichotomy, but uh, we, we see why, and, and it's because Tennessee made sure to challenge the 49ers secondary, and even though they should have had an easier job with all those guys blocking for Tannehill, secondary couldn't cover everybody. Yeah, let's talk about the defense because, um, you know, I thought there was some really good things happening on the defensive line, uh, namely that, you know, guys not named Nick Bosa were were making plays. I think uh, the final results were, what, uh, four sacks and and nine quarterback hits. That's a good line. Um, And uh, when, when you've got guys like Jordan Willis and Samson Ebucom doing that, you, th- you think that really good things are happening in this game. And, and they were. Um, you know, Bosa w- was having a lot of trouble. They, they, they would, wherever he would move up, move on the, you know, he goes left side, right side, wherever he went, they would put the tight end in motion and line him up opposite, uh, opposite Bosa. So he was dealing with the tight end on just about every pass rush. Very, very few that he wasn't. And then he wasn't hitting home. Um, but uh, other guys were. So, Dennis, it was enough, I thought, you know, again, to, to win the game. Uh, uh, nine quarterback hits, 20 points. Uh, what they didn't do is come up with a takeaway. And Jimmy, Jimmy Ward had an opp- opportunity for an interception on an A.J. Brown throw, no less, um, and, and dropped that. And, uh, you know, David's point about the the Titans' safeties uh, is a good one. They've got two good safeties. You know, the 49ers have two good safeties, too. I thought Joukowsky Tart had another really strong game. But, boy, coming up with one takeaway, that would have been that would have been enough. I mean, <laughs> that's how close this game was, and uh, the, the defense just didn't do it. Max protection or not, I mean, this was an offensive line that this – and they did a really good job in the first half. You know, they really got after uh, the passer in the, in, the, in the first half. But the second half, it just it – just, it really felt like they were kind of winded up front. Um, the pressure wasn't there. Tannehill was able to sit back there. And again, the coverage was, was just so, so loose. That zone – I mean, A.J. Brown just 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 surgically just killed the 49ers. I mean, it was throw and catch and then run after the catch. So, you know, you, you, you this is this was an opportunity for this defensive line to really tee off. And, 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 and you got to play four quarters. You, you know, you can't play a half and then then hope something's going to happen in the second half. The game is is back on, and I'm watching it. And just the coverage is it, it just it's so terrible. soft. It was just it was easy throws, just easy throws. And you know, third down—that's your money down. I mean, if, if nothing else, the defense waits for third and long. Then you can pin back yours, and you can go get it. And the ball's coming out on time. And yeah, it's max, it's max protection. But someone's got to get home, and the coverage has got to be there. Coverage has got to be tighter. It, it just looks like. Um, Looks like the, the the corners don't want to get beat deep, so they're catching everything in front and then trying to make a tackle. And then, 
you know, you, you got to protect the first down. Third and third and twenty-three. There's no way in the world any team should should convert on a third and twenty-three. It, it, it's it's just almost comical. It's just tough to watch. The Titans scored twenty total points in this game. The analytics say they generated over their sixteen third down plays. They generated two two of those touchdowns, thirteen point two points over those sixteen plays, which is insane because they're they're actually losing points on first and second down. So I mean, if you just look at the numbers, I've never seen a gap this big. And it goes back to the coverage, like Dennis said, it was just it was bad. And you know, it's up to five eligibles, right? But they weren't sending five eligibles downfield. Uh, that that certainly wasn't the case. They are max protecting, and the forty nine ers still weren't able to cover. And you know, zooming out, that's that's one of the concerns with this team. It's a rush over coverage team. Well, what happens when the opposition neutralizes the 49ers pass rush? And Tennessee paid a big price to neutralize it today by keeping guys back in the block. Uh, but they still put the ball in the court of the 49ers secondary. And, and we today we found out that that's not a good thing. Now, in other games, it's been a little bit better, right? We can't say that it's been all bad for the 49ers secondary this year. I think in general, there's been a delineation between cornerback play and safety play. Up the middle, they've been pretty good. The corners have really struggled. Today, I thought Ambry Thomas made some strides. He obviously gave up the catch to A.J. Brown. But, you know, I have to say, from a coaching perspective, how the heck is A.J. Brown in single coverage with Ambry Thomas on third and 23? You know, even if Arden Key doesn't jump off sides, what, what, where are the safeties on that play? I'm not going to blame it on Jimmy Ward or Joukowsky Tart. I'm going to blame that on D'Amico Ryans. I think that you can't have Ambry Thomas out on an island against the guy who has 145 receiving yards in a game, you know, a veteran. So uh, I, I thought that was a, a huge lapse on the 49ers' part. I thought that, you know, if you just look at how this defense is structured, you like Matt said, you need the safeties to deliver something from a takeaway perspective, right? Especially, especially when um, you outnumber the targets on, on the back end. That means that guys can gamble, right? Guys can try to jump some routes. And the 49ers just haven't done that not only this season but in years prior they're they're lower than the league average in interceptions and you know when jimmy throws a couple jimmy garoppolo like he did today um one of the quick ways to get that back is to get one of your own and the fort anders didn't get that one pick of their own today matt yeah you know and my critique of of ambry thomas isn't isn't thomas i mean i, I actually thought you know uh, these last two games he's, he's been beaten quite a bit but he, he's been right there um which is what you want to see and you you think to yourself, okay, with a little bit of time, with experience, with some, um, you know, work in the weight room, et cetera, et cetera, uh, being right there will lead to more pass breakups and inter- interceptions. And he had a couple of breakups today. So you did see the progression that you want to see. My, my critique is that this is happening in week 16. Yeah. <laughs> it's crunch time. They need to... They need to be winning these games. If those if those games for Amory Thomas were happening in weeks two and three and four, when when they were down on on cornerbacks and they could have used somebody there, remember uh, Jason Verrett got hurt, et cetera, et cetera. By now, you know he would he would have that experience uh, under his belt and and he would be playing better. I know he would because he has played better incrementally these last few games. I mean, I, I, I see it as a situation where, uh, and Kyle Shanahan said it a few days ago, they don't expect Emmanuel Mosley back this season, um, this regular season. I, I think they, they hope that he's back for the playoffs, but they don't expect him for that Rams game in the finale. 
And so they're realizing, oh, geez, we need to you know accelerate this kid's learning curve as fast as freaking possible. And um, he's getting he's getting uh, quite an education. The, the question is whether it's happening too late. I mean, this is these are must win games here. I mean, uh, yes, it's the Texans coming up, but that that's a must win game if they want to make the uh, make the playoffs. Um, one uh, win, Dennis likely gets them in. Two wins obviously seals it for them, but. Uh, again, is you're playing with a, a pretty precarious house of cards here. We're not even talking about Josh Norman, who who wants no part of tackling. By the way, and I know this is a wrap on 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 a lot of cornerbacks. Now I don't want to say most cornerbacks, but boy, um, uh, you could tell that the Thursday night quick turnaround game was uh, particularly onerous for a veteran like Josh Norman. <laughs> when I watch Josh play, it it just looks like. He doesn't want to get burnt beat. He, you know, I mean, he, he's going to give up anything that's going to be in front of him. Uh, and he's going to try to make the tackle because I don't think he has a foot speed to keep up with any receiver that's going to run any kind of deep route on him. So he's he's kind of protecting himself there. And, you know, and and, and Ambry Thomas, I mean, he's, he's getting better. He had a couple of, of nice pass breakups today, but it just doesn't seem like he's his technique's down yet. It looks like he's not turning his head to find the ball. He could have had a couple of of kind of face guarding penalties tonight. Um, just he's just got to work on his technique. And I and again I, I don't understand it. You play four years in college. Uh, these are things that I, I think is fundamental to play cornerback uh, in college and definitely in the National Football League. But it is late. Uh, but he's he's been kind of thrown to the fire. Uh, I think he's going to get better. He's got he's got the the size. He's got the length. I mean, he, he he looks like he can he can play in the in the National Football League. He's just got to he's got to get more reps, and he's got to definitely work on his technique. And I don't get how he's one on one against um, AJ Brown. I don't you know you you bracket George Kittle, but yet on the other side of the ball, you can't figure out how to how to shut down their number one receiver. Uh, and again, I guess that's that goes to the defensive coordinator, but. You know, it's it's it, it is what it is. I mean, it's on. Everyone knows. I think if you play the 49ers, if you can neutralize that pass rush, you can really expose the secondary. Well, let's zoom out and look at the big picture here. The 49ers obviously, you know, just lost a, a tough game that I think talent wise they should have won. But this was a Thursday nighter. This was a you know cross country trip after the win on Sunday. So they were tired, they were bruised, and I think that was definitely, you know, reflected in the point spread of this game. I think given how injured the Titans were, the 49ers on a neutral field probably would have been, what, six-point favorites or so in this game. Instead, they're only three-point favorites. Um, I think we definitely saw why they were favorites over the course of the game, right? We saw where they had those advantages, but they just straight up blew it. So they, so they blew it, but they blew it on the Thursday night after traveling cross country. They're, they're currently on a tough flight back home. The good news for them, though, is that they're now eight and seven. They still have a winning record. And at least for the time being, they haven't dropped in the NFC playoff race. They're still that number six seed. And uh, the number seven seed, as we speak, is the Minnesota Vikings. The Minnesota Vikings uh, are a team that the 49ers beat uh, a few weeks ago at home, so they hold the tiebreaker over them. 
So by that, I mean the 49ers still control their own destiny as far as this goes, and they play one of the worst teams in the league at home next week in the Houston Texans. So you take it one week at a time, but if the 49ers win that one, Matt, then they're up to 9-7, and seven, right? And then they head to L.A. in Week 18, and there will obviously be playoff implications in that game. Um, but the 49ers can't think about that one too soon. They think about the next one, and as, as far as that goes, they're not you know eliminated or devastated or you know, as far as the standings go following this loss in Tennessee, and, and that's something that they have to keep in mind here over this elongated break because uh, this NFL season has seen a lot of ups and downs. It's been a roller coaster ride. Right now the 49ers are on a dip, but there's a good chance they'll be right back on an upswing soon, especially given the next opponent. Yeah, I'm going to steal a line from you that you used when they were playing the, the Falcons, uh, which was, if they can't beat the Falcons at home, they've got no business being in the playoffs. So that's the same thing with the Texans. And I guess the Texans' advantage, if there is one, is that They've got nothing to, to lose. They they can play loose and play free. The 49ers have everything to lose in this game. But they're at home. They're the better team. They've got 10 days of rest. Uh, so they should be uh, the, the one that wins the game, and they should win it handily. Uh, David, I'm going to uh, ask you real quick. If um, if the Saints won and, and they went uh, to, to eight wins, where would they be vis-a-vis? They're, they're the one team that's sort of contending with the 49ers for one of those last few playoff seeds. The, the 49ers have uh, tiebreakers over the Vikings and the Eagles. What about the Saints? What, what would happen if the Saints won? Yeah, you'd go to a, a, a tiebreaker further down the line, which I'm not exactly sure what it is, but I do know that the probabilities of the 49ers making the playoffs dropped significantly, like over 10 percentage points after the Saints beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So that tells me that whatever tiebreaker might determine 49ers Saints, if it came down to that, uh, has a good chance of trending in the Saints' favor. And and that tiebreaker might not even be determined at this point, right? It could be conference record or something. So, um, yeah, the fact the 49ers haven't played the Saints and the fact the 49ers don't have a win over the Saints to, you know, just set a clear-cut tie-breaking uh, procedure over New Orleans, that, that's, that, that leaves that as dicier territory. So the Saints are definitely a team to – keep an eye out on um they, they they can threaten for this spot they play the dolphins next and the 49ers though have to remember that you know scoreboard watching does them little good and they, again they're still in the driver's seat you beat the texans and you're very close to to, to making it happen right but you, you might have to win both of these last two games now you just never know i think it's a take one game at a time situation because Nobody's really sure right now where those tiebreakers are going to end up after week 18. You also have to consider if it comes down to your record within your own division. I mean, the 49ers, you know, they they got swept by the uh, Seahawks and the Cardinals. So, I mean, if it comes down to your your divisional record, I mean, you got to win these last two games. I mean, you got you got to beat the Rams. Uh, at least have those two wins in your division because if it, if it starts really digging deep and it gets real close these last couple of weeks, you have to take a look at divisional um, divisional uh, standings. Uh, the 49ers aren't looking that good there at all. Okay, so beyond um, head-to-head games, which obviously the Saints and the 49ers don't have, it would come down to conference record. And right now, 
the 49ers actually have a better conference record with one game in hand than the Saints. They're six and five. Right now the Saints are five and four. The Saints finish up, however, with Carolina, well, the Dolphins, then Carolina, then the Falcons. So, um, you know, again, uh, it may come down to week 18 um, for that uh, for that final playoff seed. <laughs> Bottom line, guys, the 49ers control their own destiny. Win out and they're in. Win one, they've got a good chance. Uh, drop the last two or, or the last three, as it were. And they're probably out. Yeah, you you have to absolutely have to take care of business against the Texans. This wasn't a mandatory game against Tennessee, but it certainly would have boosted the 49ers' chances uh, a, a lot because now all of a sudden you're looking at sweating out Week 18. You know, regardless of of what happens against Houston, even if you beat Houston, but if you had beaten Tennessee, well, then you know you're thinking. What today's game was was a hinge point, right? Had the 49ers won, you'd be thinking more about aggressive seeding. Uh, since the 49ers lost, you're thinking more about, oh, you know, let's just get in, you know, kind of thing. So um, the margin for error has has really decreased. But they, they now have Christmas off over the weekend. They can uh, tend to some of their bruises after this short week. And... Then they have to show up, and they have to play a Texans team that's really struggled this year. Dennis, did do you see the 49ers bouncing back here over these final two weeks? I know that that we've saw them win five out of six, uh, but but there was that clunker in Seattle, and then of of course there was this one today against Tennessee. What what 49ers team do you see uh, moving forward here to close out the regular season? I hope we're going to see the 49ers team uh, that we saw previous to this football game, and, and it's simple. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo cannot throw interceptions. I think, I mean, you're a numbers guy. I mean, the stats show that if he throws multiple interceptions, the 49ers lose. Uh, and and, and you, you can't leave points on the field. Uh, defense, you have to rely on what, what your strengths, strengths are, and that's the pass. That's the pass rush. It's not your secondary. It's your pass rush. Pass rush has to figure out how to get home, how to put pressure on quarterbacks and stop the run. So... You, you go back to the recipe that's that's won football games uh, before this game. And and it, I think it all starts with, with your quarterback, the most important probably player on the football field. You, you got to kind of forget about this, Jimmy Garoppolo. You got to go out and play that efficient football. Jeff Wilson Jr., you, I mean, he's a, he's a good runner. I don't know if he is, you know, a runner like Elijah Mitchell, but, you know, he's a good, strong runner, especially in the red zone. But, you know, he's got to be better. Uh, you got to figure out how to get George Kittle open. Uh, Debo had another fantastic game. Continue to use him and, and also Brandon Ayuk. But we know what the recipe is. Uh, and I just hope being back at Levi Stadium with a lot of days off to get, like you said, kind of heal up some of these bumps and bruises, you come back and you play that, that 49er football that wins football games. Because these last two games that we just figured out mean a whole lot. So play with a lot of ur- urgency. Prepare like you have to win these football games. These are both must-win games to go into the postseason. Here's the, the last quote that Kittle had. He said, uh, after losses, I always say, flush a loss after 24 hours, but I might let this one boil up a little bit and get ready to go next week. So I mean, they were they were upset after this game, um, but uh, they can they can use that to their advantage. And, and usually teams, and this was you know the case with the Titans, they they had lost a, a close game to the Steelers ahead of this one, a, a game where they really outplayed Pittsburgh in a lot of ways. 
um, and, uh, and and we're able to kind of use that to to get a win. And and the 49ers need to do everything. I mean, it's just the Titans. I mean, it's just the Texans coming. They're not very good. All sorts of issues uh, in the front office uh, with the quarterback, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, the 49ers can't afford to take anybody lightly, and they need to use everything. And uh, I, I think you're right. I mean, uh, 10 days, I, I, I would think that's going to be enough for Elijah Mitchell, uh, who seemed to have a bit of a chance to play this week, to be back full go uh, and really just um, allow the 49ers kind of catapult themselves, that running game against uh, a Houston Texans team. And, you know, when the 49ers are doing that, running, you know, 35, 40 times a game, which, which by the way, they were on course to do in this one before the wheels fell off, uh, you know, they're, they're unstoppable when that happens. So that's what they'll want to get back to. Just protect the football. You know, Dennis said it. I know you said it a bunch of times today too, Matt. I know I've said it a bunch of times. Uh, you have to have the, the the Jimmy Garoppolo that's that's efficient. And more often than not, the 49ers have gotten him, especially as of late this season. But they haven't been getting him in most of these losses. And uh, I, I don't know if it was Kittle or if it was Nick Bosa. One of the 49ers said that, um, you know, it's a, it's a tough loss, but th- they're hoping and planning to make this their last tough loss of the season. And if that's the case. This team could still go a far way. But if it's going to go a far way, it's going to depend on eliminating those errors, getting the Jimmy Garoppolo that performs in games that the 49ers win and getting the defense that performs opportunistically. You know, this is the opposite of an opportunistic defense. No takeaways. And they failed at the leverage downs. You can't fail at high leverage spots. I mean, you could give up a ton of yards, but succeed at high leverage spots, which is what the 49ers did against the Falcons. You can't do the opposite, right? You can't do the. They didn't even give up that many yards against the Falcons, but today they really did. You know, the inverse of the the, the leverage game. They did it on the bad side of the coin, where they didn't give up many yards, but they failed when it really mattered. So we'll see if the 49ers can deliver when it matters, starting next week against the Texans. All right. Everybody enjoy the holiday here over the weekend. It's a little bit longer layoff from 49ers football, but uh, we'll catch up with you on the other side. For Matt Barrows and Dennis Brown, this is David Lombardi. We'll talk to you all next time on Here's the Catch podcast.